Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Advantage. I am your host, Michael Fiddle, and on today's episode, I am joined by sports ethos fantasy football expert, J.P. Sticko. Now, J.P. joins me today to discuss a host of NFL gambling topics. We discuss things like win totals, some teams that we were high on, and other teams that we were looking to fade. We discussed some strength of schedules for certain teams. We went heavy on the New York Giants because me and Sticks are two New Yorkers. And then we also hit on some fantasy players, how the gambling market may be an indicator for fantasy performance to come this season. Overall, it was a great kind of primer for the fantasy football and NFL wagering season. Me and JP are going to be chatting quite a bit through the season. So this is going to be the first of many discussions between the two of us. So I hope we win some money. And I hope you guys enjoy this conversation. All right. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am now joined by the sports ethos, fantasy football expert, podcaster, head of our fantasy football Twitter team, because he's dominating on Twitter, JP Sticko. How you doing, JP? I am doing awesome, Michael. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. We are six weeks and six days away from I won't uh, can't wait. I won't tell you how many points a touchdown is worth because if you give three sixes in a row it's a bad omen. <laughs> so we are six weeks and six days away from some football points from week one. Rams Bills starting off with a banger on that Thursday night. JP, you're joining me today to talk some wagering. I know you've been doing some wagering on your pod, but I figured I'd blend our minds together since we have some lines available. And I always say this, anytime you have lines available, you have to survey the whole board and say, is there value and is there things that I should be betting now? Uh, So when me and you have been studying football left and right, preparing for this upcoming season, probably a lot more than the common folk have, you know, they start preparing for their draft in, late August and when the ADP starts to come out and the summer camp reports of this person being in the best shape of their life (laughs) and this person made a one-handed catch with no defender on them oh my god do you see that clip draft them in the third so before we get to that (laughs) nonsense can we find value before so thank you for joining me today JP let me start off this and ask you uh, what team are you a fan of and how Absolutely. are you projecting that team to do? Because I find that, you know, local people know their team the best. And if we lean on them, we might get a gambling insight. Yeah, absolutely. And and if you haven't listened to my podcast yet, please do, because I talk about my, my favorite team a lot. Uh, it's the Fantasy NFL Today podcast. My Twitter's at JP Sticko. And we, we have two New York guys here on the mic right now. And, and it's kind of funny because we're both st- – not in New York anymore. Um, I'm actually down in South Carolina and Charleston, but growing up in New Jersey, I lived right down the road from Giants Stadium. Uh, a couple of my buddies had Giants season tickets. I grew up a humongous New York Giants fan. Uh, when I tell you humongous New York Giants fan, we didn't even have tickets half the time. Uh, when I got older and my buddy lost his season tickets, we just go and tailgate and watch the game on the TV in the parking lot. Uh, So I am all over the New York Giants this year in terms of their over. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a fan. Yeah, that was my next question. Um, I just think – I was going to say, JP, are you the type of fan that's like, um, you know, my team's going 16-0 every season? 
or are you the type of fan that's you know skeptical all the time or are you a realist are you kind of like listen i know this team inside and out so i can kind of tell you when they're going to win when they're going to lose when they're in a tight spot when their travel schedule has been really tough when mm -hmm. they're coming when they may, might have an injury that's too big to overcome that the media is not talking about because it's a random offensive lineman like which type of fan are you and does that help us with betting them well that See, that, that means I'm really going to have to break down my fanhood because I'm also a New York Knicks fan. And being a New York Knicks fan means I Eternal always expect optimist. the worst. <laughs> oh, really? I was going the other oh. way. You guys expect to get everyone. Giannis oh, no, is coming. No, no. Zion's coming. Yes. Well, when they don't coming. come. <laughs> I have realized <laughs> since, uh, you know, being a Knicks fan for years, early 90s when we were good. And then getting Carmelo. And that was like the height of my, all right, we're going to get everybody. We're going to be unbelievable. And as soon as we didn't get anybody with Carmelo, I just realized that we just were mushed and there's nothing we can do about it at this point. Until we get somebody good, then I'll turn my, my optimism around. But in terms of the New York Giants, I think I'm the type of fan where the when the Giants aren't supposed to be good, I usually think they're going to be good. And what I mean by that is all those Super Bowl runs that we had, it was always the Cowboys. This is the Cowboys year. The Cowboys this, Cowboys that. And no one was talking about the New York football giants. And I think we're seeing a little bit of that coming to fruition here this year. I mean, obviously, we were not good last year. But I think having a win total, and if I'm correct, Michael, um, just let me know. I have them at seven wins. Is that what you have on DraftKings? Yeah, it's, I, it's, it's seven pretty much everywhere now. Gotcha. Okay. And I, I just think having this New York Giants team with a brand new coaching staff, which I know some people think is a bad thing, However, if you've seen or saw the judge coach New York Giants team, they might as well have just went out without practice. They were terrible. They were running fullback and quarterback dive on third and longs. It was a disaster. So I think having any coach in there is a change of culture. It's going to be a, a different attitude, New York Giants team. And I think they're putting the players around the coaching staff that is going to make them hit this over this year. And it starts with their defense. Um, on Thursday morning, on the on the drive into work, I always listen to Keyshawn and Jay. And this uh, on Thursday, they had Dominique Foxworth on, who is an ex NFL player. For those that don't know, a cornerback for the Baltimore Ravens, Ravens for most of his career, and he was all over the Giants. And I was kind of shocked about it. I mean, he was using words that their roster defensively, and I quote, is elite. Now, I'm not saying they're elite. What I'm saying is, if they're simply good. I think this New York Giants can hit the over here at seven. I mean, you got the rookie in Thibodeau, you know, Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence, Aziz, Blake Martinez, Tay Crowder, and they got the rookie McKee, uh, McFadden from Indiana, who I'm going to get get into a little bit um, in a second. But I first want to talk about you know their secondary. Obviously, the Giants' secondary is atrocious. They gave up 24-plus points last year. They lost their best corner, who's arguably one of the best corners in the NFL, and Bradbury. But if you watched Bradbury last year, he just kind of didn't look – he looked disinterested by the end of the year. I'm kind of happy they got rid of him. Um, they signed uh, Adoree Jackson, who I think is a great signing for them. And then they have the man that I think can put it all together defensively for the Giants this year. Because if you don't know – Defensively, they got Martindale from Baltimore. And if we know anything about Don Wink, Martindale, is that he is an aggressive defensive play caller. What that means is... I was about he, to chime in. He's blitzing. <laughs> I love it. And I love it. I think it works out great for this Giants defense. And what I mean by that is it, if you think of Baltimore, right, safeties come to mind, right? Hard-hitting safeties. It's 
You have to have a safety that can get into the box, play fast, um, make the open field tackles. And I think Xavier McKinney is that dude. I mean, out of Alabama, he was that hard-hitting safety, uh, okay in coverage. I just love this kid's talent, and he's kind of starting to put it all together. Uh, Last year, he had 93 combined tackles, 10 pass uh, defenses, five interceptions, including a pick six. I think he's starting to establish himself as really a huge playmaker on the back end, and he's only 22 years old. And what I mean by him being the perfect fit is you are not afraid to move him around the defense, right? You're going to put him on the play side. You're going to put him on the tight end side. You're going to bring him off the edge. You're going to fake the blitz, bring him back. I think he's the perfect addition um, for this this Marty Wink, uh, Martindale defense uh, that the Giants are going to have this year. Obviously, Thibodeau is that dude. I was so happy when they got him. They were itching for that pass rush, speed pass rusher, and they finally got him. This brings me back to the human Yura days. Um, you know, when they have the speed on the outside, you can do whatever you want in the back end. Um, I just love, love that pick. And lastly, the second pick that I really loved was McFadden. I know not many people know of him. He's an Indiana uh, linebacker, but if you look at his stats in Indiana, again, this makes perfect sense for this Giants defense. He's an effective blitzer. What I mean by that is he ranked fifth highest in pressure rate last year, the 28%, third most pressures per game at 3.0 um, pressures per game, and he was fourth most in sacks per game at a half a sack per game. If that doesn't sound like a Baltimore linebacker, I don't know what does. So combine <laughs> all of that, right? Combine all of that with... What I think we might have is, a unit back there. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. It, it, let's put it this way, right? If you're not good on defense, okay, like they were not good on defense last year, what do you do the next year, right? You try to confuse offenses, and that's what Martindale does. He 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 brings blitzes. He's got different fronts: three man fronts, bare fronts, four six fronts. He's got four fours. He does it all. He confuses the offense. But to wrap this whole thing up. It's, I think, this offense that is also being extremely underrated. I think Barkley um, has a huge bounce back year this year. I get it. Injuries are a concern. But I just think he's extremely motivated. He wants his money. Um, Daniel Jones is good. I'm not saying he's a, a franchise quarterback. But, again, we're talking eight wins, people. We're not talking ten and a half. We're talking eight wins. I think the RPO is going to be used this year, which I love. I think Barkley is going to be used in the slot. I think Barkley is going to be used out wide. I think Barkley is going to get used in space, right? That's why he was success- successful his, his rookie year. They put him in space. Um, so again, we're not talking 10, 9. We're not even talking 8.5. We're talking 8 wins. So I think they're going which to hit even. You can even still go below 500 in the 17th exactly. schedule. You can go 8-9 and, and still pull off and over. Exactly. I really like that breakdown. That was, I mean, an incredibly detailed breakdown of the Giants' defense. Uh, yeah. We didn't even discuss their, I think it was their second first-round pick in Evan Neal, who will yep. help bolster their offensive line, which should help Mr. Danny Dimes and Saquon Barkley. Uh, sometimes when I'm walking with my dog, JP, my dog's name is LeBron. Anyone who listens to my show certainly knows that because she's barking all the damn time. But sometimes when I'm just, <laughs> I just messing got a fresh people, pair of currencies, by the way, <laughs> when I walk her around New York and I'm just messing with people, anyone I see in a Giants jersey, I'll be like, oh, this is Saquon Barky. <laughs> and they always love That's it. That's a dad joke if I've ever heard of it. Yeah, one. right. <laughs> all right. Let's move on from the Giants. I mean, when I, go, just one more yeah. thing. Go on, one more thing. One more thing with this. I mean. 
let's look at their schedule just real oh, fast. Oh, I think that's a right? great thing to they do for the betting. Panthers at home. Great thing to do for the, betting. Tell me about their schedule. Right? You have to, especially this early. So they play the. Uh, this is where I think their wins are coming from, right? Obviously, they can come from elsewhere, but they play the Panthers at home, Bears at home, Jaguars away, Seahawks away, Texans at home, and then of course they got the Commanders. They always beat Dallas, and they always beat Philly at least once. One of those teams at least once. So if you're going to go on that, right, I think they can beat the Commanders possibly twice. They don't scare me at all. Dallas, we always play hard, no matter what kind of team we have, what kind of team Dallas has. And Philly is just Philly, in my opinion. I, I think they're going to be pretty good this year. I'm not going to say they're not. However, Hurts is still a young quarterback, and he can be confused. And I think that's what we're going to try to do with him this year um, on defense. So to get eight wins right there, that those are your eight wins. Commanders once, Dallas once, Philly once. And then the other teams that I that I that I had mentioned that gives you eight. I don't think it's that hard. And then you generally, you know, you generally flub one or two of those games, and you generally outperform one yep. or two of the games on the other exactly. end. And there you go, you end up with your eight. Your you eight. cash your over, and we start out one for one here on the advantage. Let's keep. There we go. Winning some money, <laughs> baby. <laughs> All right. My next question for you was just kind of look. Actually, you know what? Let me just chime in with this because you happen to mention yeah. schedule, and I just want to say this because I think this is a really smart schedule bet. The other schedule that people want to look at is the L.A. Chargers. Um, they play the Chiefs in Week 2. But besides that, which if you're going to play the Chiefs twice, getting them on a Thursday game in Week 2 is probably the best time to get them on a shortened schedule. Um, but after that... Brand new wide receiving core, right, too. exactly. And they their first six weeks are five atrocious teams and the Chiefs on a short week in Week 2. Um, meanwhile, the Chiefs... Broncos, Raiders have a much tougher schedule in those first six weeks. Right now, the mm -hmm. Chargers are tied with the Broncos at like second or third to win the division at like a plus 230, plus 240-ish. Take the Chargers to win the division now. Wait six weeks. Wait for the Chargers to very likely be five and one, four and two, whatever, and then evaluate how the rest of that division is shaking out. And you could come in on the other side, most likely on the Chiefs, and put some money there, which will probably be a plus, you know, 150 or more at the time. And you'll probably guarantee yourself some uh, profit in that situation. I just wanted to talk that through. It was something I had planned to discuss on my own. But because we were, JP went into depth with some giant schedule stuff, I figured I would throw out my schedule bet. Um, quickly moving on from that, JP, looking at the NFL win total board on the whole, what is your best bet? What, do you th what line do you think holds the most value? This could be for an over, it could be for an under, it could be for a team that you want to back or fade, you think the public is too low or too high on. Just talk about the general NFL uh, win totals and where you're putting your money. All right. Well, you know, Michael, I'm not a big fan of taking unders. I, I just, I just, I don't find excitement in rooting for teams to lose. It's, it's, it's I more it. stressful on me. I than love it is on unders. Else. Let me, let me, let me just, let me squash this bug right here because this is a gambling <laughs> podcast. We love unders. Ah. Uh, <laughs> unders hit. Unders I mean, hit. I can see why. Unders hit more than overs. Unders in football I can are why. projected on health. So especially yeah. in the player prop market, you will find me, even though unders hit probably 52, 51 to 52% of the time in gambling, you need to be over a 
percent threshold to win so if you want to bet every single under on the board you're also not going to win you're going to lose because the the vegas is going to take the the vidge um however we like betting unders and i bet 90 percent on in, in my bets 90 percent of them are unders so go ahead and convince me on an over or two on this board all right well that's what i'm going to try to do here now i totally agree with you the smarter bets are usually the unders and that's why Thank you. I have my own on my own <laughs> wagering podcast. I stick to fantasy sports because my heart is always on the over. I uh, even on the over yeah. unders on scores. I want to <laughs> see, you know, I want to see fireworks. You know, I want to see. Even though you the see, funny thing you is, you want to see fantasy points, which means real points, yeah, which means overs. Exactly. And the funny thing is, is I'm, I was a defensive coordinator for high school for years, and you would think I would like to see the unders and think about all the defensive minds trying to game plan against the offense. Nah, give me the overs. And I think this one here, I think you may like it. I like the Saints over eight. I think this one here is my best bet. Um, think about it this way. The Saints, the Saints last year won nine games without Jameis Winston for half of them. I think Jameis Winston is being extremely undervalued this year in fantasy football as well as real life. And what I mean by that is you can wait for Jameis Winston until the end of your draft. You can have your two running backs, two wide receivers, one flex tight end, and then get your quarterback at Jameis Winston. I think he is a different Jameis Winston than we've seen in the past. Everyone seems to forget that he spent an entire year sucking up all that pride and all that crab-eating things that he used to say all the time and learning. He doesn't have to make the big throws in New Orleans anymore, people. He doesn't have to put up 45, 50 points for them to win a game. Saints, which is one of the reasons why they're going to go over this year, have one of the best defenses in all of the NFL. People tend to forget that they swept Tampa Bay last year. So I think they give Tampa Bay a run for their money um, in terms of even winning the division this year. I love the additions they made on the offensive side of the ball. Um, I think Olave is going to win Rookie of the Year this year, especially since the news that Michael Thomas is starting the year in IR. If Michael Thomas doesn't come back, I think Olave's stock is through the roof in terms of fantasy football as well. They got a veteran, a possession receiver in Jarvis Landry, who I think is also um, a very sneaky ad for the Saints. Um, the question mark, again, also besides Thomas is Kamara, right? What is Kamara? Is he coming back? How long is his suspension? Um, I don't really like to talk about these suspension things because I'm, I'm, I get pretty angry and upset when I think about looking and thinking about how Watson is possibly looking at a, a six game to an eight game suspension for all the crap. Sorry for my, my, my French that he has pulled, um, you know, in, in Houston and he's not going to get a full year, but meanwhile, you guys make one bet on DraftKings and he's suspended for at least a year. It's mind blowing to me. It makes no sense. So I'm banking on Kamara at most possibly missing what a half of the year, 10 games or something like that at most. Um, and even if he doesn't, I still like the over. Even if Kamara misses the whole year, I still like the over. I think Mark Ingram can yep. run the heck out of the ball, pound the clock, play defense. Winston's learned not to make as many turnovers this year. So I really like the over here in New Orleans. I'm on board with that as well, JP. I really like the over on the Saints this year. I think the whole team is being slept on. And you pointed out a lot of their skill position players that have question marks. And for me, that just means that the public is going to be low on this team. But yep. you could also yep. track the Sharps. The Sharps are not low on this team. The Sharps are where you are. The Sharps are, hey, this team has a real good defense. 
This team has depth that's going to fill in for their skill position players. They lost Sean Payton, but they still maintained a lot of the same staff and culture there. So it shouldn't be culture, culture. Exactly. Culture, it shouldn't yep. be that big of a drop off. And now you get a healthy Winston for the whole season, hopefully. Again, that's why going into everything, yep. you're betting overs, yep. projecting on health. But, you know, quarterbacks generally are one of the more healthy positions. So you get Winston playing, you bring in Landry, you bring in Olave, you might get the – you bring back Mark Ingram, who's shown he was a great 1B to Kamara in the past. So we can see if they yep. could, you know, bring back that chemistry – I do like the Saints uh, over eight wins, and I also like that you get the number on the eight, so you can get the push. You know, I don't think were they an eight and a half or an eight? No, they were eight. You're right. You can get that. Yeah. Push. So you yeah you get the you like the Vikings are, which was another team that we're going to talk about. Uh, mm-hmm. We both like the over on the eight and a half as well in the Vikings, which is funny to say. We both we don't normally like overs <laughs> with two teams in the same division. But JP and I are actually aligned that we both like the Vikings and the Saints this year. Um, the Vikings are at eight and a half. So if you are going to play this and say, well, smart money in the gambling space would tell you only to go over on one of the middling teams in the division if we think about the Packers up top and the Falcons down below, you probably only smart money would bet on one of those teams, the Saints or the Vikings. So the smarter choice would likely be the Saints. One, because JP said that's his best bet. And second of all, because you get the push on the eight. Uh, JP, are there any teams that you want to talk about fading that you don't like this year? Right. And and, and just for clarification, uh, after looking at it, it's the NFC South is the Saints. NFC North uh-huh. is Let's the Vikings. So they, they're in the NFC, but, but we're t- – yeah, so Saints oh, it's have Panthers, Panthers right, Falcons, right, right, and Bucks. Right. And, and the Bucks, and the Bucks. And Panthers don't scare me. Falcons certainly don't scare me. And we swept – not I'm saying we like I'm part of the New Orleans Saints or a fan of them, but if I'm betting them, I'm a fan of them. We beat the Bucks twice last year, so beating them even once this year is not out of the question at all. Um, okay, so to answer your next question – all right. Well, I'm sorry I screwed that one up. It's been, it's been a while since I have to refresh my NFL divisions, but uh, I knew that there was one yep. powerhouse team atop, and I knew that the Falcons were down below, but it's the Panthers, who actually might be a team that I kind of like, and I'll discuss yep. them on a future episode yeah, no, of this And, this and I think Baker Mayfield makes them possibly hit the over there, and personally, in my opinion. I think DJ Moore, fantasy purposes. Any teams that you're fading and you want to stay away from, maybe you're not betting the under because you're not an under guy, but maybe you're subsequently giving out the rest of us an, a yeah. place to smash the under. Um, I, the Packers, for me, is the first one at 10.5. I think it's just way too high. Um, we don't really know what they're going to look like on offense with the wide receivers that they have there losing Devontae Adams. It's going to be a brand-new offense. I think they run the ball a little bit more than they have in the past. Um, ten and a half is just a little bit too much. I think they'll be good. I just think ten and a half is a lot. Um, another team, Cardinals. What are they going to look like without D Hop? Um, and then when D Hop comes back, is Murray going to be healthy by the time D Hop comes? D Hop comes back. That's another question for you. And then uh, another team, and the last team is uh, the Miami Dolphins. I I I would just stay away from them. I don't know what they're going to look like this year. They have the potential to be very good, but if Tua can't figure it out, they have the potential to be very bad. Um, so those are the three teams, Packers, Cardinals, Miami, that I'm going to stay away from this year. Yeah, I think uh, if there was odds for 
quarterback of the Miami Dolphins next year, that would be a very interesting marketplace because the team is so situated for mm -hmm. someone really good, and this is just kind of the make-or-break year for Tua. And there was all that talk about Brady possibly coming in this offseason. So we will see what kind of big-name quarterback the Miami Dolphins bring in if Tua doesn't give bring them an over or bring them a playoff appearance or something. Uh, JP, you're a fantasy guy, obviously. Uh, we talked mm -hmm. about your Twitter, your podcast. I'd like you to plug both of those names again, at JP Sticko and the Fantasy Football Today podcast. Um, I would assume anyone here who already follows you certainly knows you are the world's biggest Allen Robinson fan. Uh, I'm <laughs> secretly convinced that you search A-Rob's name on Twitter just to get in those mentions everywhere <laughs> someone's writing about him. Because when I when I go on Twitter, there's just a random person that I don't even follow. And it's like, what do you think of Allen Robinson? I see JP replied, wide receiver too. <laughs> so besides Allen Robinson, You're I'm not, not going to give – we know you love A-Rob. And I might be with it this year. Who else do we yeah. love? Who else do we think is being a little bit slept on and might be a boom player and should be – even before the hype season starts, you know that they're going to be undervalued at their ADP. Yeah, and, and I and I think it's got to start off with a wide receiver that I have in my top 10 um, that is outside the top 10. I think he's at 15 or 16 ADP right now, and that's Michael Pittman. I think Michael Pittman right now can be your absolute wide receiver one in fantasy football this year because of a man <laughs> named Matt Ryan. If you look back at Matt Ryan's stats, he peppers his wide receiver ones. He just absolutely peppers his wide receiver ones. Julio Jones, Ridley for the year. Um, it, it goes on and on. And, and I think Pittman broke out last year with a guy named Carson Wentz, who I believe is one of the most inaccurate quarterbacks in the league. And I'm loving that he's on the commanders. That is 100% true for me as well. I love the addition of Matt Ryan. I've called him on this podcast. I've already said, um, hold on, JP. It's saying it's saying to me that your device is error. Okay, we potentially had some minor technical difficulties. Hopefully, we didn't lose too much of recording. Hopefully, we didn't lose any of it. What JP was saying was that he was uh, going to be hopping on the Michael Pittman train, that he liked Matt Ryan, that he liked that Matt Ryan always produces top-end receivers, that the Colts are one of his sneaky Super Bowl teams this year. And I was just kind of giving him a virtual high-five because I'm on that train as well. I've said on this podcast that Matt Ryan is the most underrated former MVP in the league. Like, no one talks about this guy like he's been to a Super Bowl, like he's produced the Julio Jones and the Calvin Ridley blow-up seasons. Um, so, yeah, I'm very much on this train. Uh, I've talked about the Colts being overwin total, division to, over the Titans. I like them to win the conference. I like them to reach the Super Bowl. I took them everywhere in the futures, J.P., because they also, you're, you're a defensive guy. They also brought in some big-name defensive players as well. We don't need to get into too much Colts detail, but they should have a really good defense in addition to bolstering their offense in a few key places because, like, I mean, we know their offensive line and their run game is grade A. So now that they bring in Matt Ryan, they're probably missing one more little, you know, receiver piece 
Do they bring in a Julio to not practice and play 15 snaps on a Sunday? We will see. Don't draft Julio in your uh, fantasy because he will always have a questionable and a limited tag on him. However, let's keep rolling, JP. You're, we know that you're a fantasy guy. We just said that. Do you look at the gambling odds to see who's priced particularly high in a, in a gambling sense and then correlate that to a fantasy th- sense and think, huh, this person might be worth taking a little bit higher in fantasy if the gambling market is so bullish on these people. So I pulled out a few names that kind of surprised me in the uh, betting market in that their odds were particularly high in comparison to a few other people. And I was wondering how you believe that translates to their fantasy value. So we'll start off with Justin Herbert. He ranks fourth in MVP odds. He's behind Josh Allen, Mahomes, and Brady. But he's ahead of Rodgers, who's won the last two MVPs. He's the head of Lamar, who's won one. He's ahead of Stafford, who's coming off a Super Bowl. Are you surprised how high Herbert is in the MVP ranks? Do you think he's obvious? Do you think he's also a top five fantasy quarterback? Obviously, fantasy QB and real life quarterback is a little bit different because of the amount that rushing impacts this. But um, you know, we should be able to get a similar sense. I I love Justin Herbert this year in sense of fantasy and and real life. Justin Herbert right now in fantasy for me is the second ranked quarterback. Um, I just think his talent is superb. I think that offense is built perfectly for the way that he likes to play. Eckler on the dump downs, you know, Mike Williams on the long routes. Um, I just think this this team is an absolute powerhouse offensively. Defensively, they're very good too with the additions that they made of Khalil Mack and Darwin James uh, coming back. I just think that Herbert this year is going to be a force to reckon with. Um, I actually also think that Chargers are one to win the Super Bowl as well this year. And I think a sleepy pick, too, on the Chargers, if you're looking at at Herbert and you want to stack him with somebody, look at Gerald Everett at tight, tight end. You can get him for barely nothing. Um, he made Jared Cook, a 97-year-old Jared 97 Cook, look like a fantasy possible <laughs> starter for you on a weekly basis. <laughs> so Gerald Everett is very underrated tight end. He's extremely athletic. He just was in the shadows of of Woods and Cooper Cup and, you know, and all the other players on the Los Angeles Rams, I think Gerald Everett could be a sneaky fantasy player this year if you want to stack him with Herbert. So, yes, I love Herbert. I think he absolutely can win the MVP this year. I think he's – if I had to put money on somebody winning the MVP, I'd probably take Herbert um, for sure. So I've also already done that. I've put a little money on the 9-1 to Herbert MVP. Um, talking about MVP – there's, a, there's another kind of gambling theory MVP thing that I like to do when it comes to the NFL, JP. And this is try and find one or two, and don't go crazy doing this in a lot of places, but try and find just one or two players that you think might be that Cooper Cup, that Jonathan Taylor, a.k.a. the players that break out so much in a season that they make their way into the MVP conversation alongside all the quarterbacks because if you look at the odds for these players because we know we know like a 98% chance this season a quarterback's winning the MVP I know that I'm very aware of that however if I bet Justin Jefferson at 15,000 to one odds 
15,000 for every time I bet $100. So if I know that, then if he becomes this year's Cooper Cup and then he's like a plus 500 and we know like Mahomes ends up becoming the guy or Herbert ends up becoming the guy and he's a clear favorite and it's like a minus 700 situation, you can pound that minus 700 line on the flip side once you know which quarterback is the clear-cut candidate. So instead of trying to hop on the right quarterback at the beginning of the season, try and hop on the right position player at such long odds that as the season develops, you know you can get whatever quarterback is the right quarterback in the market and guarantee yourself some profit. So this year for me, it's a combination of taking Justin Jefferson at the plus 1,500 and the uh, Justin Herbert at 9-1. to one. Those are my two spots that I'm taking. Uh, how do you feel about that? Is there any running back that I might be missing that could be a huge boom in their odds? Is it is it com- coming back to the well with Henry this year? Is it going for another CMC type year? Like you know, you know what I'm talking about, JP. JP. It's the CMC 2019. It's the Todd Gurley 2017. It's the David Johnson 2016. Like yep. these freak yep. seasons that bust these guys into the MB- MVP conversation. Who might be <laughs> those guys this year? I have a question. Did you read my notes or something? Because uh, Justin Jefferson to me is an absolute gold mine in terms of betting wise and in terms of fantasy. He's my wide receiver one over Cooper Cup, over Jamar Chase. Just think about it this way. Justin Jefferson has broke record after record after record with a run first offense. Now he's in the Kevin O'Connell offense who came from the Los Angeles Rams. Let's put him in a Cooper Cup role. Could you imagine what this guy is going to do this year? I think at plus, what'd you say, 1500 I think that's an absolute awesome, even if you put 20 bucks on it, a small bet if you want to, because you're going to walk away with some cash in your pocket if he does hit, bet for sure. And in terms of, of running back that I would say, I mean, uh, uh, a long, dark horse, but not that long, would definitely be, I would agree with Derrick Henry. He's my number one running back this year. Everybody's talking about how his injuries is a problem, blah, 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 blah. But they're not talking about how this guy is a freak of an athlete, how they don't have A.J. Brown there anymore. They're going to rely on him even more this year. And I think he gets involved in the passing game a little bit more than he has um, in the past this year because he just has to. Um, I think he's a little bit angry about having to miss time last year. I think he's a little bit angry that no one's talking about him anymore. He guy's a freak. Next, real long dark horse. I know you're not going to want to hear this, but it's going to be Saquon Barkley, especially as a comeback player of the year, if that's even a bet on DraftKings. I don't even know. But I just think if the Giants are going to hit that over total that I said that they were going to hit, Barkley has to be all world. And by all world, I mean catching the ball, running running the ball, scoring touchdowns both in the air and on the ground. So he's if he is on the list, he's got to be at plus 5,000 or something ridiculous to win the MVP. I actually kind of like that, JP, because you think he's in a big market, he's a big brand name, and if they overperform expectation, he's going to be one of the guys who does it. So he might be a name to watch. They bolstered their offensive line like we spoke about. So maybe the pieces finally come together. They have a. The only thing that worries me there is a coaching staff that in Buffalo just had zero value for the run game and just put everything on Josh Allen's shoulders, uh, maybe yep. because he was the best running back on the team. 
I do also like the Derrick Henry pick. I think he's going to be a 2,000, you know, all-purpose yards kind of guy again this year. As long as he stays healthy, he's that dude. He, like, no one talks about how well he takes care of his body and how he's, like, this insane – he puts together this insane regimen during the week to prepare to take 35 hits on a Sunday. He doesn't prepare to take 16 to 18. He prepares for 40 of them. So, you know, that hard work pays off, and hopefully he stays healthy this year. There were a few other names before we get out of here. Uh, this Offensive yep. Player of the Year, just on a side, JP, uh, an award I just don't understand at all when MVP every year is a offensive player. Yeah, really, it's offense. Uh, so, Offensive Player of the Year, which is somehow an award that we've created to say best non-quarterback player. Um, now, I was looking at these odds not to bet them because I'm probably not going to bet an award that I just simply don't even understand how it works. Because some of the quarterbacks' odds are in there. Like, maybe they're going to rush so well that they're going to be... Who knows? I'm not betting it. (laughs) However, we can look at the odds there to get an indication about how these... The gambling market thinks these players might perform in real life. And there was one thing that came out with a huge shocker to me. And it was A.J. Dillon's line. The backup running back for... Or the split-time running back to Aaron Jones for the Green Bay Packers. He has a higher chance of Offensive Player of the Year... Then DJ Moore, Amari Cooper, your boy A-Rob and Pittman. Should we be bumping AJ up to like an RB2 or a weekly flex guy even with Aaron Jones? I think he is a weekly flex guy. Um, And the reason why I say that is I think this Green Bay Packers offense, I quickly mentioned it before, it's going to look different. It's going to be – they're going to run the hell out of the ball. They're going to run a lot of two running back sets, and that means Jones is going to be in a slot or it's going to start in the backfield out to the slot. Um, I just think Dylan is going to be a beast this year. Um, again, not an RB1, probably not an RB2, but a flex spot, especially if a, your flex guy goes down an injury or something like that. And then enormous. his upside, if, if if something does happen to Aaron Bigger Jones, than his quads. enormous. But I think what you're looking at there in terms of <laughs> quadzilla – in terms of the actual betting part, I think they're banking on him scoring like 15 touchdowns this year in the ground. He's going to be their entire red zone offense. Devontae Adams is gone. I mean, you could look at what Tunyon catching the touchdowns here and there, which he's known to do, but he didn't. He was hurt all year last year. I think they're going to be in goal line offense a lot more than we've seen in the red zone, and they're just going to hand the ball off to Dylan. So I think they're they're banking on him getting a bunch of touchdowns. And if you think about it, that in fantasy terms, especially in a non PPR league, that's what you're looking for. Yeah, and he, he can also contribute in a PPR sense. So if he's kind of the third down yeah. back and the goal line vulture, you're looking at yourself, you know, an RB2 by the end of the season when the numbers all shake out. Yep. Uh, JP, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for bearing through the technical troubles and, and uh, sticking with oh, it. It's my fault. It's not your fault. It's it's the internet's fault. You didn't, you didn't hook up the <laughs> Wi-Fi. Um, Thank you for wearing a shirt that says TA on it for the advantage. I know you didn't do that on purpose, but clearly you did that on purpose. Um, and yeah, let me know if I could ever help you out. Me, I hope to have JP back on this pod. I might hop on JP's podcast. Everyone, make sure you follow him at JP Sticko, two C's, S-T-I-C-C-O. Uh, make sure you follow his podcast, the Fantasy Football Today Show. It is a sports ethos podcast as well. Uh, you can find him. I don't know, JP. Can we find you in the Discord as well for the, the Ethos people? Yeah, 
Correct. So we're just getting ramped up now in the Discord in terms of the NFL side. The website is just about starting to load some NFL stuff stuff on there. Um, premium packages. You guys are going to get a lot of really cool things if you guys sign up for the Sports Ethos Premium Package. Uh, my rankings were just released on there, but right now it's just for premium members only. Um, however, that could change over time. So um, make sure you follow me on Twitter again, at JP Sticko. I answer all questions as soon as I get them. Um, and then Michael, I was, we were, Michael and I were speaking earlier. Um, we're probably going to do a show during the regular season. Um, and it's going to be start and sits. It's going to be a wagering show and it's going to be a, touching a little bit on daily. Cause I know Michael is going to do a full podcast or, or, and talking about uh, daily stuff on his own, but on my show, it's going to be, you know, redrafts a little bit of daily and wagering. So Michael's going to be on my show. Hopefully if he agrees, um, once a week at, at, at very least. And we're going to be talking a lot of wagering and some fantasy football as well. I'm here when you need me, pal. I appreciate you coming on. We will talk soon. Me and JP are Sports Ethos Buds because we joined the Sports Ethos team right around the same time. We started our pods right around the same time, and now we get to help each other out in growing our bases. So thank you a lot, JP. I appreciate you coming on, and we will talk soon, friend. All right, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it.